IFM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM. And as usual, we've got all the gizmos, the gadgets, the goodies that you want to know about. And um, I get to play with lots and lots of all the latest technology and try to figure out whether it's useful, whether it's good, uh, and whether it does what it says it should do. Because there's lots of stuff, overwhelming amount of stuff that, I don't know, people get a bee in their bonnet, they produce it, they make it, they try sell it, or an app they create that just does what everyone else does. So it is a, a literal minefield of of weird, wonderful, and truly useful out there. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting stuff. And unfortunately, I was trying to going to bring you some um, new new info about a whole new TV range from LG, but unfortunately they couldn't make it today, which is a real pity because they've just launched a brand new range, which is coming out, I think, in two, three weeks. So we'll try to get them back on the show next week and we'll see what their whole story is with their new TV range. But um, we've actually switched it out for something that's also just as cool and probably even more interesting, and that is Nissan. Nissan, the car company, um, obviously are at the forefront of technology in many, many, many respects. They don't just make cars. They do all sorts of interesting stuff. And I've got someone from Nissan coming or on the air with us today at Tech Talk Cafe around about uh, 11.20, so stay tuned for that, discussing electrical cars, Nissan Leaf, what's happening in South Africa, because as I'm sure you're all aware, the... Um, Saw a really interesting show on Netflix about the diesel diesel gate car industry issue that VW went through, and I mean, there's no question that diesel as a technology has been killed in many respects by the the all these sort of shenanigans that went on around the whole the whole VW falsifying their results to the machines in America think saga, and that hasn't died. I mean, many countries in Europe have. Banned diesel, new diesel car sales are tanking pretty much across the globe, and it's 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 a real challenge. But electric is coming; it's coming strong, and within two three years, I uh, expect to see tons and tons of new models of electric cars. And Nissan is at the cutting edge on that in many 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 respects. They're doing some really interesting stuff in in Japan, and uh, expect to see some stuff coming in South Africa. So stay tuned for that. I think we're going to find out all sorts of interesting stuff. Um, just a little after 11.20. And this week was also quite a sad week. Stephen Hawkins, if you hadn't heard, died at the age of 76. Now, what a story. If you haven't seen the movie, it's well worth seeing the story of his life. Um, I've gone gone completely blank on the the name of the movie now. Uh, But he really, really was an amazing, amazing mind Someone who really was told he wouldn't live beyond the age of 25 managed to make it all the way to 76. And in many respects, he rewrote the book on on um, cosmology and black holes and, and everything to do with science. And um, it's really quite a sad thing that he finally passed on. But at the same time, the work that he did, the information and everything that he brought to the world over that time is pretty Insane, And I mean, his book from 1988, A Brief History of Time, re- literally inspired generations of ordinary folks. And, and he just made it accessible and made it possible for those who really had no tech bent or no scientific bent to understand how important the stuff was and how it absolutely um, 
incredible all this was. So he'll be missed, certainly amongst the the, the tech generation and, and even in pop culture. I mean, he was on so many TV shows, uh, The Big Bang Theory. I mean, in part was, I think, inspired by him. And he actually appeared, his voice, his electronic voice appeared in that many, many times with Mr. Sheldon Cooper. So just an incredible man, incredible story, incredible uh, mind, brought so much knowledge and information to the world, and um, it, it's a loss. But his indelible mark on the fabric of humanity will certainly stand the test of time. And it's an amazing thing that a mind like that can do things. And it's an inspiration for those of you who believe you've got issues in your life. Try having a form of MS at the age of 21, I think it was diagnosed, and um, basically um, living for another 50-odd, 55, 56-odd years, even after being told he had at most two years to live. So rest well, Stephen Hawkins. Uh, who knows what parallel universe you're now uh, occupying. And um, it is a sad day for not only the tech community, but just generally for humanity when a mind like that moves on. Now, moving on to much more exciting, I wouldn't say positive stuff, but uh, certainly all about health. Make the most of what you got. That's what I say, because uh, when you go, you can't take it with you. Um, Fitbit or one of the sort of leaders in the wearable industry. Now, the wearable industry in many respects was exploding a couple of years ago. It was going to be a huge deal. Everyone would have one. And it seems to have calmed down enormously. Smartwatches have taken a part um, of the market in many in many countries, certainly here in South Africa and places like that, but uh, maybe not quite the way that people anticipated. Now, Fitbit um, have been making fitness trackers for a long time. They certainly were one of the first to bring the constant heart rate monitor to the market. And um, it's just interesting. They've now launched two new products, which and they launched them yesterday, and they will be in the country in the next two weeks. And that is the new Versa smartwatch. Uh, and the Versa smartwatch is a, just a little bit of context here. A little while ago, Fitbit bought a company called Pebble. Now, Pebble used to make a uh, OS system agnostic. In other words, it wasn't based on Android. It wasn't based on Apple. It was a standalone watch with its own operating system that could be used on Android phones, iOS phones, whatever you wanted to do, you could make it work. You could do all the usual stuff, see the time, get your notifications, do all the smartwatchy stuff. Unfortunately, um, the geek community absolutely loved Pebble, but it didn't do too well commercially. And they were bought by Fitbit, uh, I think, last year sometime. And this is one of the first products that are coming out of there using the new OS2, the Fitbit OS2. Um, and the Versa watch is uh, is coming out. And that that watch is going to retail for a very reasonable 3,200, 3,300 rand, thereabouts. And um, it'll give you all the, the Fitbit goodness, the, phys- the activity tracking, sleep tracking, heart rate monitoring, and uh, all sorts of other assorted um, tracking that you, you, know, you would find useful. It's also very, very light, four-day battery life, and it looks extremely cool, simple, slim, and elegant, not bulky. Uh, like a lot of these watches. Um, and I think that might be a really, really, really good thing. The only thing that you lose compared to some of the other more expensive watches, and certainly their more expensive one, the Ionic, is there's no GPS on board. So in other words, you need to have a smartphone with you if you want to track a run. 
But for most people, that's not a huge, huge, huge problem. But it does have music playback with space for 300 songs and all the notifications and everything else that you want. At the same time, they're launching a new little Fitbit tracker called the Fitbit Ace, which would sell for around about one and a half thousand rand. And this is aimed squarely at kids from eight years and up. And they honestly believe, and I believe it does make a big difference. It helps you. It, it sort of gets you more active, gives you some stats. Um, let's see, you know, we don't want kids to get totally neurotic about it, but it's, it's shaped, it's sized, it's colors. It's just very slim and cool. It looks like a really, really, really nice little device at a really good price. So I think that's quite a smart thing. There haven't been too many serious Fitbit trackers aimed directly at kids. So as I said, the new, uh, the new range, the Versa and the, um, Fitbit Ace, will be available in South Africa in the next couple of weeks. So if you're looking for a really fitness-orientated smartwatch, um, I'll try to get one and give you a review. The, uh, the, the Versa might be the one. And if you're looking for something for your kids, the Ace might just be the one to look at. And we'll be back um, straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Bitcoin... We've discussed it endlessly on the show. I've been asked a zillion times. I exaggerate, but more times than I can actually remember um, about Bitcoin, what it does, how it works. Should people get involved? Shouldn't they get involved? I mean, my absolute uh, story of the week or the year, in fact, was when one of the, the guys who, you know, one of the car guards in a shopping mall approached me and said, look, you look like an educated man. What do you think about Bitcoin? So it really has become something that everybody across the entire society has heard about. And it has that seriously has reached a sort of hype and a, a bubble that is beyond anything. And by the end of last year, it was screaming at 20,000 US dollars of Bitcoin. And anybody who had bought even a couple of weeks before it made a ton of money. So it just looked like a, a never ending, you know, cycle of, of, of positive income, et cetera, et cetera. Well, unfortunately, from the beginning of January, the, the price just plummeted all the way down to a couple of thousand dollars, and it has recovered a little back to eight and a half thousand and eleven thousand, and around about eight and a half thousand dollars, max of eleven and a half thousand dollars, which is a tiny range considering what's been going on. So I just think that, and interestingly, Google reported that the number of, of searches uh, for Bitcoin on the internet has dropped dramatically. So I think the, the, um, the buzz is over. And I must say that, you know, if you hear anything, there have been also, and what's tarnished the whole business is that in many cases, Google has now stopped advertising Bitcoin um, of any sort because there have been so many scams. So if anyone calls, anyone's offering you a deal on Bitcoin, some Bitcoin exchanges only a thousand rand to get in, etc., etc., my advice is very simple. Bitcoin is a completely speculative investment. It is based on nothing. And in fact, a couple of major uh, financial institutions around the world have said essentially Bitcoin is worth nothing. Um, It has no value. The underlying technology might be brilliant. Um, You're going to hear more and more about it as, as, as time goes by. But essentially, Bitcoin has no real value as its its intrinsic value is zero. So if you want to play, you want to understand cryptocurrencies, you want to do a little bit of something, use a, a credible 
app credible company like Luno and dabble a little, but do not expect to make huge money. Certainly don't hock the kids or mortgage the home and put the money into Bitcoin to hope to make some big money. Again, it might shoot up to 20,000, it might not, but the worst thing that can happen is it goes from 10,000 or 1,000 and you buy it and goes down to nothing. So my advice is watch the space. Bitcoin is a thing. There's many ways we're going to see it change what we do in the financial world. We're going to hear about blockchain and blockchain technology revolutionizing everything. I saw a story that Porsche, the first car company in the world to use blockchain in its in its uh, systems. And like any technology, used well can do amazing things. Used badly can do nothing or even do some harm. But Bitcoin is no quick rich scheme. And uh in many ways, it just shows exactly what's happened to it. So stay tuned. I'll try to bring you some more information as it becomes available. But if you want to dabble, Luno is probably the best way to do it in South Africa. You can go to luno.com. Uh, and it's, it makes it easy, easy to get your money in, easy to get your money out. And you can certainly get some experience on it. But I really would treat it as much in the same vein as a weekend in Sun City it's entertainment, you're spending a bit of money to see or learn or play, but it's certainly not the same thing as a, a retirement uh, sort of plan of any form, shape or size. Now, moving on to one of the last things before we switch across to Tech Talk Cafe, um, and that is the, the um, sorry, I've gone completely blank here. My computer decided not to work. It is just wanted to talk about Netflix and Netflix I must say that the more and more you use it the more and more time you spend on um, Netflix over the last little while the more you realize that it it, it changes the way that um, you you watch TV now Netflix South Africa announced some really cool new series for March and um, the Shadow Hunters not my style but a lot of people love it news weekly episodes Season three is out, and that starts on the 21st to the 3rd. But this is one series that I absolutely loved called A Series of Unfortunate Events. Really weird, wacky, strange, and peculiar. The entire season one is on Netflix right now. And season two comes out on the 30th of the 3rd, which is very, very cool. I can't wait for that. This Another series they're launching on the 30th of the 3rd is Trump and American Dream. I don't know how... I don't follow American politics much, even though he's got such an impact uh, on the world. But if you're interested, it definitely, definitely uh, may be worth, well, maybe, it's probably worth a, a view. And that starts, the, it's a series, starts on the 30th 3rd, and as Netflix usually do, they dump the whole series online. And a couple other things, Star Wars, a whole new range of all the Star Wars movies, if you missed them, are coming, and they're coming on the 16th of the 3rd. So basically by uh, next week, you can watch all the old Star Wars and Star Wars um, people. Now, in the meanwhile, I'm going to um, quickly get our next guest on the line. Um, so we're going to have a quick break for adverts a little early so that we can get our uh, – get our, our phone calls working, and um, I will be back straight after this break. Fun Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back, and I'm sorry, my email, talk about technology letting you down at the last moment. Um, as I said, uh, LG was supposed to come online but couldn't make it. So our good friends at 
Nissan, gent by the name of Janis Janssen van Rensburg, who is the product and pricing manager for performance models. I like that, the GTR, which has just got to be the coolest car out there, the 370Z and the Leaf. Interesting how they put the electric cars together with the GTR, which is their sort of manga-inspired demon. So um, he'll be on the air in a few seconds. We're just trying to get... uh, we're just trying to get uh, hold of him, and we're going to be talking all about the Nissan Leaf, the, you know, we, you know, the new one that's been launched, which looks amazing. The old one was a little cool, little sort of careful, generic looking, and the new one looks absolutely amazing. It's just been launched in Japan, and just try to get a, you know, an insight into what's happening in South Africa and where we're going. But we, before we switch to Yanis, who is on the line, I've just got a quick live read which i've got to get through to you know pay the bills and then um it actually has become one of the most anticipated events of the year certainly in this community and this year it could be you taking thousands of rands or groceries home for pesach for free for nothing gratis it's the pick and pay hyper nord great big exodus trolley dash don't want to be anywhere near that place when this goes down but anyway here's how it works every time you shop at pick and pay hyper nord make sure you write your contact details on the back of the slip then pop it in the box at the information kiosk the name drawn for the trolley dash on thursday the 29th of march will get 60 seconds to make their way down the pesach food aisle Whatever you put in your trolley, you take home courtesy of Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood for nothing. So that's the lowdown on the 2018 Great Big Exodus Trolley Dash. What you're waiting for, all you need to do is get your arms long and strong. Anyway, so now we got that out of the way. We've got Yanis on the line. Um, he's from Nissan. Um, hi, Yanis. Are you with us? Good day, Stephen. Yes. Brilliant. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for at such short notice um, coming on the air to help us, you know, here on on High FM on Tech Talk. And um, you have the most awful job in the world. You look after one of the coolest sport cars, one that's nearly as cool and one of these new electric cars. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the Nissan Leaf. And I know it's been the the. The current version is available in South Africa and has been sold here for a bit. But give us a little insight. There's there's a lot more coming from the Nissan Leaf in the next little while. Am I right? That's correct, Stephen. So um, on the Nissan Leaf, um, we, we're currently investigating the, the local introduction of the, we call it the model year 18 Leaf, um, which will be the flagship mm-hmm. for the Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Um, this vehicle is, is the next level of uh, electric cars. Um, it's got a lot of new uh, safety features, autonomous features um, that will be incorporated in the actual vehicle that you can buy at the dealership. So we really anticipating that car to come and uh, to, to change the market and uh, people's, uh, I think, impression of what the electric vehicle is. Well, there's no question. As I said earlier, the the original Leaf, which I drove, I mean, it, it was just an amazing car to drive. But it was very safe. It was very bland looking. It wasn't exactly the most exciting car on the road. And the new one certainly looks like they, you know, sharpened it up no end. Yes, of course. So if you look at the new vehicle, it's really um, taking on the new design cues that Nissan is following for basically all our vehicles. Uh, the V-shaped grille, um, some good flowing lines coming from other models. So. Definitely, it should be an appealing car, not from uh, just a technology point of view, but also from a visual point of view. 
and that's what the what the Japan has done with this car. Now that now the Nissan the, the Leaf actually has launched already in Japan. The launch was what a couple of I think a couple of weeks ago. That's correct. Also in Europe, they have launched it. Um, we fall under what they call the GOM region. Um, so that's basically putting all the, the GOM markets into one basket and creating uh, a model that's suitable for all these these countries um, to justify the volumes. That's why it's taking a bit longer, and we you know we also want to, to launch the correct vehicle that suits the market needs. So that's why it is taking a bit longer for, for our region and uh, all the other GOM countries. But what what did you learn from the original introduction of the Leaf? I mean, it was a small scale thing, and if I remember correctly, it was actually almost a, 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 you leased the car and gave it back at the end. You didn't really buy it outright. There was quite a lot of trial and error to trying to understand how an electric car would work in the South African market. What did you guys learn from the from the current Leaf that's available in South Africa? What sort of stuff did you you pick up that you're going to use to you launched the new one. Well, probably the the biggest uh, learning from that was that people is not educated around electric vehicles and the benefits. And uh, up to today, uh, about a month ago, we did a, a little trip down to Durban with uh, a i3 and a, and a Leaf. And when we got to Van Rienen, there was people that has never ever seen uh, electric car in their life, and they didn't even know that it's been sold yet since 2013. We we actually just so had the discussion about could you take an electric car down to uh, Durban in a studio, and here you're telling me you did exactly that. We did, and it took us about 15 hours to drive down with a generator on a trailer because there's no infrastructure, <laughs> and that's why we did the trip to look at um, building an electric highway, you know, as a partnership between us and, and BMW. So we're looking at options to make it easier for the consumer um, to adopt these cars. Um, so from a learning point of view, yes, definitely um, education is key, and then infrastructure is, is another element that we need to um, look at to also – make a demand on these vehicles, not so much try and push sales down people, but to create demand. But, I mean, obviously, uh, and that was another interesting factor, the the charging station between yourselves and BMW, who also quite forward-thinking in the electric vehicle space, are, are, are the same. So that certainly doubles. I mean, you could even drop pop your leaf into a... a, a, a a BMW dealership to charge it up. Do you do you anticipate that that partnership is going to grow and you're going to continue with a, sort of a standard charging platform across the country for the various mode of electric cars that are coming? Yeah, look, when we introduced, uh, we adopted uh, basically the, the European and Japanese type of plug, which is different to BMW, but um, so a Leaf customer can still charge at a, a BMW um, charge point, but there's an intermediate cable that's required uh, okay. to change it from like the one plug type to the other. Yes, that's correct. So for now, this, the standard that is being accepted more is the Type 2, which is, suits more the BMW, and this also looks like more OEMs coming into the market will use the same plug. But now, is there... Obviously, with the whole Dieselgate thing that went down and the, the rapid shift to electrical cars globally, and I mean, there's legislation, there's, there 
in, in Europe. There are towns in Europe banning diesels. So the, the rise of electric has probably been a lot more rapid than a lot of people anticipated. And, I mean, this has massive impact on infrastructure and, and generation of electricity. I mean, South Africa's had some pretty serious challenges around electricity. Um, so do, are these the sort of things that you guys are looking at to try to – you know, come up with solutions too? Because obviously there's a big drive from Nissan Global to push the electric agenda. Of course. So, you know, we want to be in line uh, with, with the global direction. And, you know, we've been the market leader for electric vehicle development and, and global sales. Um, and we want to contribute towards that strategy. Um, if we look at uh, infrastructure, you know, we... We are. That's why we're partnering up with other companies, and let's say with BMW, because there's there's a we've got the same intention and, and see the same future. Um, we do have stumbling blocks. It's not as easy as it as, as we think. You know, apart from education, we're also looking at import duties, which is quite high for these type of cars, which makes it almost inaccessible to yeah. most of the market. Um, so and there are no subsidies in South Africa. Of course, if you look at Norway, where they subsidize from a government and from a municipal level, and there's free parking and CBDs, you don't pay toll fees, you know, they really want to make it sustainable and, and push um, the technology, whereas we are still, you know, if, if there's job creation or job opportunities, then possibly the government would start looking at incentivizing the program. So, well, that's interesting. So, then, so obviously you guys are looking at that and perhaps even looking at local manufacture of these cars in the nearish, well, foreseeable future. I won't say nearish, but certainly down the road. Look, if you, if you look at the trends, it will probably become inevitable that we would move to, to that direction. But our volumes does not currently justify investment um, locally, you know, to manufacture them here. But can um, you, you – can, yeah, the, sorry, carry on. The market space currently, we're looking at about 30 to 50 cars a year. So okay, which is pretty adults, small. Which is very small, yes, correct. And, I mean, the, the feedback you've got from your, your, your owners, your drivers, has that been pretty positive, even in an environment like South Africa where the infrastructure and the sort of people don't even realize what, what car you're driving? It is. It's been very positive. The, the, the adopters, early adopters of electric cars – Basically, if you look at their lifestyle, it's very much off the grid as well. Either whether they're supplementing with uh, solar or any other means, um, there's many customers that live completely off the grid and they use vehicle-to-home or vehicle-to-grid technology to use the car to actually power up their homes as well. That, so, I was coming to that. So, so there's actually a whole sort of uh, lifestyle involved in this. It's not simply the matter of owning a car. That's correct. If you look at their businesses um, – even their businesses are off grid, running off solar or any other means of, of generating electricity. So it is a lifestyle. It's a, it's a different way of thinking. And they are, they are the green customers, if you can call it that, you know, that really is, is pushing this and using the technology to, to their advantage. So tell us a little bit more about this whole uh, vehicle to home and vehicle to tech or vehicle to grid tech. I mean, that's obviously something that you guys are working quite hard on. So we've got a partner in uh, Port Elizabeth, um, which runs the OULU project, and yeah. it's uh, at the uh, Met, uh, Nelson Mandela Metro uh, University, and they are doing some development for us uh, locally on the vehicle to home or vehicle to grid um, inverters charges. Um, we have sh- um, 
displayed this type of technology at some of the Sustainability Week events, John, where you can actually see the car running up or charging up your home and some appliances. And uh, so we're looking at that because it, it's the way of the future. Currently, if you look at um, how things, it's not allowed um, to put electricity back in the grid. Whereas in Cape Town, they more open to it and they actually welcome that type of technology um, because they also see the, the future in it. So just to, to clarify, basically what you're saying is for whatever reason, I mean, the new Nissan Leaf and a lot of electric cars have got regenerative technology. So as you brake it, it charges the battery. You get your car home, you plug it in, and it becomes a two-way conversation. One, you can use power generated in the home to charge your, your, your vehicle. But at the same time, you can use the battery in your car to run a whole host or to run your home. That's correct. So the the methodology behind it is that you discharge in peak times, then you don't pay the, the high electricity bills, and you charge a vehicle at off-peak times, where it's costing you uh, a few cents per kilowatt hour. Which so that's makes, the methodology behind it. Makes perfect sense. You bring your car home, or in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, you use your car to, or your battery to heat the you know the the geezer etc etc and it charges up when it's off peak at seven or eight or nine depending on your lifestyle but now all of this is linked this is all linked to technology there's apps and and all various things so it's not just a you know plug and play type thing that you can control all the various aspects that's correct um for instance uh, <laughs> if you can if you've got a meeting and you know um you're going to leave in the next five minutes. You can already communicate to the car to pre-cool the car using the, the um, air conditioner. Uh, so it is a very interactive lifestyle where you – it's almost like a, your car is, a, is an app. You know, it's just another technology that you use on a daily basis. Your car is another gadget. Yeah, of course. But that's, that's really, really, really um, interesting. So just let's go back a little bit to the new leaf. Tell us about some of the cool new technology that's been incorporated into it that, you know, really does push the boundary of what you can expect from a car. Okay, so like I mentioned, the, the discharge function where you can actually, if you have the, the inverter charger, you can run an appliance or your home or whatever from the vehicle. Um, then on the new leaf, there's also we, we uh, introducing the e-pedal, which is basically it's, it's a two-pedal vehicle, like a normal automatic vehicle. You can switch to the e-pedal, which becomes then only a one-pedal, where you can accelerate and it brakes at the same time. So if you depress the, the accelerator, it accelerates. That sounds quite weird. Off, yeah, it's something to get used to. So I have not driven the car actually to, to feel what it feels like, but it becomes a one-pedal car. It's also got the, they call it the Pro Pilot which is an a autonomous feature where you can set your um, intelligent cruise control and the lane-keeping uh, assistance technology to keep you in lane, lane, follow the car in front of you up to a complete stop, and it will also accelerate again up to the set speed automatically without you touching the, the throttle or the brake. So uh, there's, there's cool features in the car um, that makes it almost semi-autonomous. But obviously the whole discussion around autonomous or self-driving cars is a whole topic for another day. But, I mean, more and more cars are coming with really smart technology of that sort, which is like 
almost safety technology. So the car will warn you if you get too close and, in fact, auto brake for you if you get too close to a car in front of you. And that's part of the sort of technology that that is currently allowable. A lot of the autonomous stuff is not, as as I understand it. That, that, that's correct. So if you look at the Nissan Intelligent Mobility features, already in the Nissan Patrol, it's got the, the forward collision avoidance where it would brake um, by by itself, using technology, if you don't respond quick enough, and also in the new extra. So these are so the the Leaf would be the flagship for intelligent mobility, but some of those features are now also flowing over to your everyday petrol and diesel cars that is in the Nissan lineup. And the, and this level of technology is starting to you know obviously become more and more accessible as we go forward. And do you expect to see that grow really quickly over the next year or two? Definitely. Uh, especially in the Nissan lineup, it will grow within the next year. And um, it, it's just another level of, of service that we want to offer the customers in terms of safety. You know, knowing that, you know, if you fall asleep or you are not as cautious as you should be, there is something on the back on the background that will alert you and will help you to be drive as safe as possible. But now, stepping back, I mean, obviously the LEAF is sort of your flagship commercial um electric vehicle where do you see the whole electric vehicle issue going i mean we've discussed the whole story of of infrastructure but at some point the big uh fuel stations are going to have to start putting fast charging uh, grids in things like that it's going to come very quickly how quickly do you see that happening in a country as diverse as south africa where we've got cars that are 20 years old on the road and some of the latest technology as well you know it's easy in a place like like Tokyo, where everything's new and fresh and very forward-thinking. But how do you see that translating in the next little while in a country like as complex as South Africa? Look, my honest opinion, and this is my note, is uh, I, I can't see it changing very quickly. We know that other OEMs are investigating introducing their um, electric cars as well, and very soon there will be um, cars introduced in the local market from competitors. Um, but everybody's forced from a global uh, point of view. So, you know, it, it will evidently come here, and uh, we just have to embrace it. And and, and if everybody, and, and especially from, from a government point of view, once they see that this is really moving forward and it's increasing, you know, they must make it easier for us as OEMs to, to exploit the opportunities, you know, and uh, everybody gets the value out of it, which so- will then evidently maybe lead to local manufacturing um, in opportunities time. absolutely so the so the, the move to electric is pretty much inevitable it's happening globally it will ultimately come to south africa and i mean if you really want to be forward thinking you can you can actually get involved right now with the leaf and some other other products out there that's correct we we get daily um, inquiries from from uh, smes that is interested in um, infrastructure development, um, battery development, battery battery manufacturing. So definitely, they, they, I think there's there's hunger in this market and a lot of opportunity to to contribute towards uh, electric vehicles and also to the economy. You know, motor industry is a is a massive part of this economy. So you know, it can only be beneficial for the country. Now, if you look at the cars as well, in the past, one of the big also learnings was the range anxiety that you get. Yeah, I was going to I was going to get to that. Yeah, so, you know, the new LEAF will have a range of uh, close to 300 kilometers. So your trip down to Durban becomes a reality where you might possibly only stop once to charge. 
And how quick, I mean, just hypothetically, you've got a car that can go down. And I mean, obviously, if you're going down, you're probably a little bit more than 300 because of the regenerative braking and things like that. But let's say you can drive comfortably 300 k's halfway to Durban. Now you stop at a, at a, at a station. I won't call it a fuel station, but you stop somewhere. How quickly would it take to get you the rest of the way? I mean, or do you have to plan a huge long break? The new cars, you don't have to. Um, so it will take you about 40 minutes to charge the battery with a, a DC, which is a high-voltage quick charger. Um, so most people anyway stop halfway just for a break, and you would have had lunch or, you know, did something for a half an hour to 40 minutes. So it, it's not changing your life in any way. It's the same. So you stop for a just break doing and it a more meal efficiently. and plug your car in, and, and within that hour that you've stopped and taken a stroll, it will be ready to go all the way back down to Durban. That's correct. So, you know, it, it takes away the negatives we had in the past. Absolutely. And now, you know, your running cost down to Durban is basically your toll, toll fees because the charging, as we plan it now, the charging down to Durban would not be at the customer's cost. That's, um, because we want to that's encourage pretty them. amazing. So free electricity for once. <laughs> yes. It's for a very limited uh, no, customer base, you know, but, but any, anyway, that's, that's another service that we want to offer. That's very, very cool. And can you believe it? We have now run out of time. I mean, it's a fascinating subject. As I said, I've seen what the new leaf looks like. I can't wait to see it in the, in the metal, as they say. Um, it looks super cool, and it's certainly got all sorts of gizmos and gadgets that a gadget person like myself would love to play with. But there's no question electrical is, is definitely the future, and it's just very cool to see companies like yourselves playing in the space and doing what you're doing. So thank you so much, and thanks for joining us That's on air. Thank you so much, Stephen. Great stuff. Chat soon. Bye. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And just fascinating. I mean, we live in a world where things move so quickly. And I must say, I think as big as the motor industry is, as embedded in so many economies, everyone just gets in a car, you take it for granted. The whole mobility thing is going to change. And electrical and electrical vehicles and some of the concept cars that I saw at CES in January, which has become sort of the showcase for all the new high-tech developments in the car industry, is just, you know, goes to reinforce that we are seeing a revolution in transport. We're seeing a revolution in how we get about. And there's no question, big cities like Johannesburg, Cape Town, I'm going to lump them together with London, New York, Tokyo, are going to see massive changes in the way we get around, how we do it. And electrical is going to be a huge part of that. I've seen street pole chargers. I've seen all sorts of interesting concepts where you simply park in the street, plug your car into the lamp that's sitting there, and it charges your credit card, all automated, you know, just so simple, so clever. And no question that the sort of range of these cars has got to the point where I mean, often you don't get much more than three, four hundred k's out of a tank of petrol in the urban environment. So if you can get a car that can give you similar sort of range with a top up here and there and quick charging when it's needed, 
<laughs> starting to sound like uh, the way to go. Go green, and uh, you don't have to worry about a generator. Just use your car when dear ESCOM switches the lights off every now and then or there's a power failure. Just plug your car into your grid at home. So really, really, really cool tech. Now, before we get on to one of my you know, gadgets and all the gizmos and app of the week, just have one more read. And again, it's our friends at Pick and Pay, and um, they are really promoting this Thursday night shopping at Pick and Pay. And tonight, the 15th, you can learn about how to choose kosher cuts of meat, how to get the most from your cuts of meat, recipes, and everything else to do uh, with meat, especially for this Pesach. And it's happening at the Pick and Pay Hyper Nord this Thursday at 7 p.m., which is this, uh, the 15th. And <laughs> they've got the big brisket himself. I'm not quite sure who they're referring to. But anyway, pop into uh, Pick and Pay between 6 and 8 p.m. Uh, Thursday evening and pick up all the specials and learn all about, you know, which is the best cut to serve all your, your guests this uh, Pesach. Now, moving on to, um, again, one of my favorite uh, things of the show. And I had a the gadget of the week is actually not really a gadget. It's more of a, a, a an accessory, if you want to call it that. But I had uh, last week, Thursday, interestingly, well, I think it was Thursday, or Tuesday, I, I lose track with all these events that I go to. But I went to a company that imports a product called from a company called Zag, and it's called Invisible Shield. And essentially what it is, it is a screen protector with a difference. Now, we've all got used to all these wonderful the first thing you do, you buy your shiny new smartphone, and just because you don't want to damage the screen, you don't want to scratch it, you get yourself one of these stick-on screen protectors. Originally, they used to be plastic, but now they're all shiny glass, and they do. They look, they fit really well, they look really cool. Um, there's one challenge that I found that they are incredibly fragile. They do protect your screens, they stop your screen from getting scratched, they stop it from getting marked, but they are incredibly fragile what i find the edges crack and scratch um and you know the slightest tap tends to break them and because you know you can still use the phone and it's not your main screen you tend to leave them on and your phone just looks yucky and horrible and and it's not a great experience a couple i've tried haven't done that but on average they don't last that long and they're not that cheap and they're not that great well Invisible Shield from Zag is something that's actually been around for a long, 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 long time. I remember using it back in the dumb phone days and wrapping my entire old HTC uh, in it. But it's back, it's available, and it's really, really, really smart. Essentially, what it is, it's a special plastic film that was developed originally to coat the leading edge of helicopter blades. Now, you can imagine a helicopter has got three or four blades rotating at incredibly high speeds in all sorts of environments. There's leaves, there's insects, there's dirt, there's, you know, any manner of dust thrown up from landing and taking off. And they needed to coat these very expensive, very uh, high-quality carbon fiber and aluminum and titanium blades with something that, one, wouldn't affect the operation of the, 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 the helicopter, and two, would be tough enough to withstand the speeds and the forces that go on without peeling off and causing all manner of havoc. And this product is what Zag are using to um, 
protect your phone. Now, it is a plastic film, so it does not, I must say, right up front, I've had a couple of phones wrapped by them. It does not uh, feel the same as glass. But what they've done is an incredible job of making it feel really, really responsive. So after an initial sort of getting used to the new tactile feel of a slightly more sticky surface than a, a, a sheer glass, the sort of silkiness of glass, you really do... Um, forget how how you know what it is and what is so brilliant is that they've got a machine which is cool um, basically they put a sheet of the stuff in you tell them what model phone you've got they program it and they cut out the exact shield that you want now they do it in all m- many different ways you can wrap the entire phone you can put it on the surface you can put it on the back my current iphone 10 has got it because the iphone 10 is glass both back and front seems to be a trend. All the new phones for 2017, 18 are glass back and front. Um, you can, I've coated the back with a Zag. And a couple of other phones, a Huawei Mate 10 and a couple of others I've coated using this, this product. And what's so interesting, you mustn't freak out. When they apply it, they wet the film. So they make it wet and stick it on your phone wet and give it a few seconds and it seems to settle in and dry. And the best thing is if there's a bubble or something, you just wet it, pull it off and put it back on. So apart from that, um, they use special deionized water, which does not affect your phone. If your phone's not waterproof, it will not damage your phone. Um, and it goes on really simply. And within a couple of hours, they recommend up to 24 hours, it gets solid and clear and sticks really, really well. And you just don't have the problem of it getting damaged by normal sort of dropping and, 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 and touching and scratching. I must say, I'm, I'm super, super impressed. Now, this will be available pretty much anywhere in the country. They, they're distributing these machines everywhere. You can buy it online. And the best place to go and look for it, and it's available for absolutely every phone that I can see that they have, all the iPhones, all the Samsungs. Um, you can put it on your tablets. Um, you can even, and I didn't do it, but I'm, I should have, put it on your Apple Watch. So you can wrap the front of your Apple Watch. It Because of its thinness, because of its flexibility, it really looks very cool. You can hardly see it. Um, and it, it's just a brilliant, brilliant, your LGs, you name it, they've got, you know, the, 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 the cutout for you. It's just a clever, smart, and I must say very, very useful way of... Um, of protecting your phone without putting a glass sort of sticky cover on. And it, it works extremely well. So we'll be back uh, straight after this. And then I've got a giveaway from Spotify. I've got three months free for all you Spotify fans out there. And a little bit of advice on how you can switch from your international Spotify account, which nobody had. But um, you may just want to switch, not lose your playlists, and stay and get all the discounts that are available on the Spotify South Africa site. So stay tuned. I'll be back right after this. Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back. And obviously the app of the week is Spotify. And Spotify is a music streaming service if you haven't heard about it. And they are the largest. They Spotify is one of the first and one of the largest streaming services in the world. Now, essentially, they've come into a market where we've got a whole host of streaming services. A lot of people use Apple Music. A lot of people use Deezer. Um, there's Simfy. There's just, you know, there's the Play Music Store. And they're all at fifty nine ninety nine, including Spotify, which is around about half the price of its international um 
price. So you can get Spotify in America for $9.99, in England for £9.99, and in South Africa for $59.99. And here's what's the thing. Spotify in South Africa has, with the, and I asked them specifically, with the exception of a couple, minuscule, we're talking about in the hundreds of tracks that are not available locally or in other territories around the world, Every single track that Spotify has on the UK or US playlist is available locally. They also have done a really good job at getting all the local artists, um, whether you're into local music or not, all the local artists on their playlists and onto the, the platform. So one great thing is all the Spotify guys, that all the local guys who have never had exposure on uh, one of these various platforms has now got 170 million people globally um, potentially able to listen to their music. But Spotify have always prided themselves on two things. First, their curation. They've got two billion playlists from people out there. Some playlists have two million followers. So people can share playlists. You can discover playlists. These playlists are updated regularly. So whatever genre, whatever mood, whatever music you're interested in, it pops up there. Also, as the system gets to know you, it will send you on a Monday a uh, playlist of the week, some new stuff, and on a Friday another one with a whole lot of interesting new music. And I must say that over the years I've learned and listened to more interesting music through Spotify than pretty much any other service. Obviously, it's up to you. The other services are great. They've got very similar catalogs. They do very similar things. But the big daddy in the house is Spotify. And they're in South Africa. It's available locally. It's a good deal. They don't have a family plan yet, but apparently it's coming quite soon. Um, and that's all the others, not all, but most of the others have got one at around about 90 bucks a month. So that'll come. But anyway, for all my loyal listeners here at uh, High FM. I have got five Spotify codes for three months free premium Spotify. But here's the thing. I'm happy to take SMSs on 34519. Send it to me along with your email address. So say Spotify, your name and email address because I will email you the codes. Um, so I've got five of them. So please get on air and just SMS me on 34519. Spotify, your name and your email address, and I'll send you, you know, the five lucky winners from the draw will get codes. But here's the thing, everybody. Spotify has two interesting things going for it. The first is they have a free tier. So if you're prepared to listen to some adverts, you can listen to Spotify in South Africa for free, access to the entire catalog. You can't download to your phone, so it's got a stream, but they've got an ultra uh, streaming mode, which uses a minuscule amount of data, around about 10 megs an hour, um, which is pretty good. Um, and that's always free. If you go premium, you get a whole lot of other benefits. You get much higher quality streaming, the ability to download on Wi-Fi so you don't use data, and a lot of other little features and, 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 and things that make it a little easier. But here's the thing. If you want to try Spotify, you can try their premium for 30 days, one month for free. So even if you don't get um, one of my three-month vouchers today, you can listen for one month to the full premium um, thing for free. You can download the music. You can play with sp playlists. You can do everything that you need to do. But even those of you who win today, here's the thing you, not, you must do to give yourself effectively four months worth of free Spotify premium. Sign up or 
try the one-month free trial. And only when that runs out in a month's time do you use your code to give you an extra three months. I don't know how happy they're going to be about it. But anyway, it's worth a shot. You get four months free Wi-Fi courtesy of Stephen Ambrose and on Tech Talk. So send your SMS to 34519. I will email five lucky people their three-month codes. And the other thing that you can do, for those of you who had a Spotify USA account or England account or whatever around the world, you can localize it simply by going to your settings, going to your country settings, and as long as you're in South Africa, up will pop um, the South Africa option. Click on SA, change your postal code, and there you go. You'll be able to save half your money on what you were paying before if you were paying and you will have a full local South African Spotify account and on that note have a really musical week um, and I'll be back next week with all the latest and gizmos gadgets and whatnot. so stay tuned to High FM